This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and once again, we're glad you could join us. Well, in April of 2015, an estimated $1 billion settlement of a class action lawsuit was reached with the NFL and retired NFL players. The agreement provides up to $5 million per retired player for serious medical conditions associated with repeated head trauma and through, through concussions. According to a study by Boston University and the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, of the 91 former NFL players who donated their brains for research after death, 87 tested positive for chronic traumatic encephalopathy, more commonly known as CTE. CTE was declared compensable in the NFL settlement for any NFL player who retired prior to July 2014. And today on Ringler Radio, we're going to be bringing you the latest and bringing you right up to date on what's going on with the NFL's concussion lawsuit settlement. And to do that, we're bringing back uh, one of our favorite guests, Dan Chamberlain, an attorney with the firm of Cohen and Malad in Indianapolis, Indiana, where he focuses on serving personal injury clients, specifically advocating on behalf of traumatic brain injury victims, and of course, their families. So uh, with that, welcome back, Dan. Great to have you back on Ringler Radio. Hey, thank you so much. Great to be here. I you know, it's interesting. Uh, we've had a lot of developments in the uh, National Football League uh, settlement. And one of the things I thought was most important and crucial for folks that are listening to uh, Ringler Radio is that the NFL has estimated that there are 21,074 players that may or may not be eligible to receive benefits. Now, of the eligible retired players the NFL estimates that only 28% will actually be entitled to a monetary brain injury award. Now, the interesting part is that Mount Sinai and Harvard University just came out with studies that said 40 to 60% in their estimation of NFL players have traumatic brain injury. Uh, it's a little disturbing. It's absolutely amazing, but but I also have to tell you, I mean, there's there's certain things in the uh, first of all, the case came back from the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. It was sent back to the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. It's a procedural issue, but the bottom line is once the procedural issues are concluded, there are specific deadlines that NFL players and or their family members must follow to be compensated. Interesting. Well, you know, Dan, before we get into the nitty-gritty of what's been transpiring recently, why don't we bring our listeners uh, up to speed on what has transpired in the past? So why don't you remind us what the original allegations against the NFL were that, that caused the lawsuit to, to take place in the first place? Well, the, the, the initial uh, allegations were, in no uncertain terms, that the NFL lied and that they subjected their players to a known source of injury being repetitive brain trauma. Now, I think all your listeners and um, could agree 
that when you play football, there are certain risks that you accept. You could die. You could have a you could have a, a massive brain injury. You could be paralyzed. Those are those are known risks. What the NFL allegedly did not do was disclose to players and players' families that repetitive concussion, medical treatment, and return to play could potentially cause chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which you talked about. That's CTE. That's the that's the Dr. Malu uh, Will Smith movie, but. That that's just one of the things. There's ALS. There's Parkinson's. There's moderate to severe dementia. That nobody ever accepted those risks of harm, and that is what the NFL lawsuit is all about. You know, last time we spoke, you uh, highlighted the case of Frank Gifford, who was, uh, I guess, repeatedly uh, hit uh, in the, in the head, and we all remember that uh, Chuck Bednarik hit, but. Uh, to, is there anyone else you can you can spotlight for us this time as to uh, a story that, that the public would really uh, you know understand? Andre Waters, Junior Seau, Dave Durison, many 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 other players, and and some of those players took their own lives just because they wanted to preserve their brains to have their brains examined. Now, one of the things about brain injury, uh, and as a former chair of the Brain Injury Association of America, I'm very familiar with is that if a player has a propensity for an addiction, whether it's alcohol, sex, gambling, whatever uh, whatever it is, it makes it so much worse. So when a family is together and they see a, uh, a former player with a chronic lifelong ongoing disease, which is brain injury, uh, they change. They may look the same, but their behaviors change. And you see uh, rampant uh, issues of divorce and financial mismanagement. And that's why it's really important, I think, especially when we move forward in the uh, final settlement process uh, for the NFL uh, litigation, that, that structured settlements are probably one of the best things uh, for players to, to, to consider. And one of the reasons I say that is because the NFL pension, if you're vested in the NFL uh, by way of eligible seasons, um, most players receive a pension, and that pension is paid monthly by way of uh, a, a, a basically a structured settlement. Mm-hmm. And, 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 that's, and that's the way these players um, you know, have, have become accustomed to. And, and I think that's probably one of the best ways for us to move forward because as players age and as brain uh, injury or disability or chronic problems uh, continue, it's nice to have something uh, that is a, a some certain event that will happen every month or every year or every you know uh, every quarter. I mean, that's one of the things I think is most important. Well, you know, on previous visits uh, here, uh, Dan, you've you've really touted the benefits of structured settlements for just normal cases. This seems to be the the poster child for uh, for structures to protect the long-term uh, financial health of uh, every one of your uh, every one of your clients every one of your players well one of, one, one of the things i think is most important um, you have to look at what the clients uh, issues are 
And for me personally, uh, there's nothing more distressing than settling a, a, a big case and the money's gone in a year. Um, that doesn't do me any satisfaction, doesn't help the client very much. I just want to make sure people are protected. So that's why I thought structures were a really good uh, uh, suggestion, especially for folks that have had uh, and or may incur uh, a traumatic brain injury. I understand there are some very important deadlines. Tell us about those deadlines. What are they? What, what are the pertinent ones? I'll, I'll tell you to some certain deadlines. Within 180 days of receiving notice from the claims administrator uh, in, uh, in, in Pennsylvania, now this is for the NFL settlement, within 180 days, you have got to acknowledge the claim. Now, if the claim is not filed within that time period, um, you may not receive any monetary compensation. Um, however, there may be some extensions for good cause. But, but I also have to tell you this, a retired player or a retired player's representative, which could be an attorney or it could be a family member, must within two years within two years, file a claims package, which is going to be uh, available from the claims administrator. So there's a lot of things that are going on in the litigation. Uh, I should say, um, just as a quick update, while the court uh, from the Third Circuit remanded the case back uh, on April 18th of 2016 to administer the largest settlement of its kind ever, uh, there is now another uh, kind of a sub-appeal for a, a, a class of opt-out players uh, who include some pretty high-profile people talking about CTE claims because what has happened is if you died after April 22nd of 2015, you were not able to make a claim for chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Now, what I want to tell you is you can still make an underlying claim for Parkinson's or for severe or moderate dementia, but the CTE claim would not be compensable. So those players, families, uh, who are basically all of, all have passed, they're, they are now trying to go back to the Third Circuit and remand it. The fact of the matter is the case is resolved, and I don't think anything is going to happen in the Third Circuit at this point. What I would tell players uh, and players' families and representatives is it is important to stay up to speed, up to date, uh, and, and, and understand that there is a claims process that must be followed in every player, whether you've had a half a season or you've had uh, eight or nine or ten seasons, need to have a baseline assessment protocol as designated by the NFL, uh, because if you don't, then you may not qualify for any future benefits. Well, Dan, how is that message getting out to the players, the potential uh, clients you're talking about, what's happening? Is the court sending out these notices uh, at, at, as we speak? Well, a court, the, the court has a, a special administrator that will be sending notices to players. The problem is the lack of communication, I think, between the Players Association uh, and the NFL with their retired players is really lax. For example, let me just tell you this. There are line-of-duty benefits. There are total and permanent disability benefits. There are neuro and cognitive benefits. There are 88 benefits, which would pay for uh, dementia care uh, or reimburse for dementia care. Th these programs, in addition to the NFL settlement, are just not being communicated to players. 
And that's why it's so important that players and their families understand what the options are, where we can go, and how important it is to move forward as quickly as possible. Well, let's take a quick break right now and be back in a minute right here on Ringer Radio with Dan Chamberlain talking about the NFL settlement. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates, the leader in the structured settlements profession nationwide. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler Associates works with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. There's a Ringler Associate in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experience than a Ringler Associate. Check out our new website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for claimants, legal professionals, and claims personnel, and to find the Ringler Associate nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best financial plan. You can count on Ringler Associates to structure a customized plan that meets the needs of you and your family for the future. Visit RinglerAssociates.com to learn more. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm joined by my special guest, Dan Chamberlain, attorney from the law firm of Cohen and Malad in Indianapolis, Indiana. Dan, you, you represent a lot of these players, and you're very close to a lot of these players, uh, but there are a lot of other players out there who, who may not either be aware of some of these deadlines you mentioned or, or exactly how to respond and react or even appeal uh, maybe a declination of, of their claim. What's your advice to players out there who might be uh, thinking about what role they need to play in this in this process of getting some compensation here? That's a terrific question. Uh, not only am I close with the players, uh, but I'm close with the players' families because uh, I consider my law firm a family with these folks, and we try to help everybody because it's a 65-year settlement. 65 years. I will be an attorney for these folks until the time I stop practicing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think is most important is it is an ongoing settlement. So if you take your baseline assessment protocol, you may or may not qualify for benefits initially. However, as time goes on, and we know by proof that traumatic brain injury is a chronic, lifelong, ongoing disease process, that they may qualify for additional benefits moving forward. So there could be Parkinson's or ALS or severe dementia that may occur at some point in the future. And that's why it's so important to hire an attorney that actually concentrates on traumatic brain injury litigation and knows about the NFL settlement. We filed the amicus brief, which is basically a friend of the court. And what that brief was, was the only brief that was accepted by the court in terms of the science and medicine of brain injury. I think we know brain injury. I think we know the science. And certainly we know how to help appeal players who get initially declined uh, from recovery. Well, Dan, let me ask you this in in relation to what you just said about a 65-year process and the fact that some, some players may not have manifested these issues now but will in the future. 
Does the failure by a player to respond to the court's uh, deadlines on certain paperwork and, and, and et cetera, does that impact a player who today may not have manifested or even realized he's got these issues? Well, frankly, the player must have uh, retired by July 7th of 2014. Okay. And if, yeah, right. But if the player does not comply with the court's order in terms of the baseline assessment protocols, which is a neurological exam and a neuropsychological exam, and doesn't respond to what the court has ordered the player to do, yeah, the player and the player's family simply will not receive any money. And, and, and frankly, I know it's not about money, but it is about trying to do several different things. First of all, compensate where compensation is due. The second thing is to learn and understand the science of medicine of brain injury. And the third thing is to try to protect other players. Now, the one thing that hasn't been addressed is the NFL case was also uh, conjoined with the Riddell helmet uh, issue. Uh, you know, that's a separate claim that's not resolved. Uh, the NFL case is, is uh, theoretically resolved. And so each and every player, based on their player number and their player address, now that address has to be updated so that uh, players and players' families may receive notification from the court uh, or from the NFL or the Players Association. That is critical. The other critical thing I have to tell you is eligible seasons. Uh, we just filed another lawsuit against the NFL. Uh, for an eligible season for a player because the player, in fact, got suspended but was paid by the NFL for that season or by the by the player team for the season but restricted from playing in Europe or uh, uh, Canada and, and other locations. So it's, in, it's incredibly important based on the eligible seasons and the diagnosis that a player gets to somebody that knows about brain injury to help them with this process. It's going to be critical. No question. And then uh, finally, Dan, uh, and we mentioned this the last time you spoke, the concept of moving forward with, with prevention to make sure or try to make sure that this doesn't happen in the future or somehow is mitigated. What are you seeing? Uh, what are you hearing about uh, how either the NFL or helmet manufacturers, et cetera, are, are dealing with this problem so that hopefully we can reduce its uh, involvement here? Well, that, that's, a, that's a terrific question. I think the fact of the matter is, at this point, uh, everybody should know that if you play football, it's dangerous, and you can suffer lifelong chronic brain injury. Uh, there is no safe helmet. Uh, there is safer technology in helmets. Uh, there is safer uh, practice in terms of tackling. Uh, you know, the NFL sponsors USA Football, which is, in fact, based in Indianapolis, Indiana, and they tout, you know, heads-up football, and that's trying to teach a safer way uh, to play football. But you cannot take the risk out of playing football and concussion. Now, certain schools and certain organizations are doing things like, for example, Pop Warner Football just last week said that they do not uh, uh, want to have certain types of kickoffs because they don't want to have the kids hitting each other. Uh, you have certain play regimens that are going into to, to account for certain uh, uh, sporting uh, organizations, and that every state, thanks on behalf of the Brain Injury Association of America, have concussion laws, and that requires screening, training, and removal from play. The problem that I have is removal from play is one thing. It's a return to school that's the most important thing. So if a player wants to get back into play and they shouldn't be back in, 
the most important thing is not play, it's school. So that's, I think that's, I think those are the trends that we're seeing across the country. Now, some would argue that uh, NFL is not as, um, as important as what it used to be. I don't think that's the case. I think uh, the NFL will continue forward. Uh, uh, the NCAA will continue forward. It's just now that we can start recognizing what the issues are, uh, help and prevention, and uh, try to protect the kids and players as much as possible. Well, and I think one of the most important things you mentioned was, and we're seeing it from time to time now with, with different leagues and different uh, colleges, is that if a player comes out of the game uh, – the decision to go back in the game is no longer uh, one of the coach or someone like that. It's, it's, it's maybe some independent, more a medical individual that isn't tied to the success or, or failure of the football program. Isn't that correct? Well, that's true in some states. In some states, it's not. Um, so, you know, it, it, it depends on the state and it depends on the law that's, a, that's applicable to the screening mechanism in terms of the uh, concussion. Uh, because some states do not require, you know, certified healthcare providers to actually do the analysis. It could be an athletic trainer. Now, I'm not saying athletic trainers. It can't make certain uh, analysis, but isn't it more important to have your child or to have your player or husband or wife or daughter, I mean, to have them a actually analyzed by a qualified health care provider that is an MD? And that's the, that's the gold standard that, it, you know, as a former chair of the Brain Injury Association of America, that was what I would really like to see happen everywhere with no exception. Well, are, tell me about that. Are, 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 are you working towards, is the association, the Brain Injury Association, working towards trying to come up with a national standard uh, for the way these, these issues are dealt with on the field? In fact, the Brain Injury Association of America, in conjunction with the uh, Centers for uh, Disease Control, uh, yes, I mean, there, there, is, there is a standard uh, training program and practice that is available on the CDC website. Now, is it my goal that it would be preferable to have every one of these kids or parents or whomever uh, examined by a, a, an MD? Yes, absolutely. Can I say that for our national organization? I cannot. But I don't think there's any dispute that if it's your loved one or your child, that you would want to have the highest quality medical care. Now, can that be rendered by uh, an athletic trainer? Maybe or maybe not. The fact of the matter is safety uh, for these kids and players is paramount. Well, look, there's no, there's no question that recognition about this problem is, is much more prevalent now than it ever was, and it's folks like yourself who have brought it to the attention of everyone. And, of course, this lawsuit's gone a long way, too, to, to help some of the retired players really get compensation that they're due. Uh, I know we're going to have uh, other updates as we move along, and we'll probably have you back to, to kind of give us uh, the latest update. I appreciate your commentary about how structured settlements may help some of these players move on with their financial lives. Uh, and with that, Dan, I just want to say it's been great having you. If someone wanted to contact you, how would they do that? Uh, feel free to call me. Uh, my telephone number is 317-549-5454. Or just simply uh, check out our law firm. It's Kona Malad. We're a national law firm uh, based in Indianapolis, Indiana. And we do primarily class action uh, mass torts and uh, personal injury work, as well as other litigation. So, uh, our website is Cohen and Malad, C O H E N A N D M A L A D 
com. It's a mouthful, but but there you go. Well, there you go. Well, I'm sure you're going to get some uh, people commenting to you and, uh, and 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 contacting you in the near future. Well, with that, I just want to say, if any of you out there want to contact any of the Ringler Associates, you can go to ringlerassociates.com, where you can find uh, all of the Ringler Associates around the country. And, of course, you can also tune into Ringler Radio, and uh, you can get Ringler Radio from ringlerassociates.com. You can also find it on uh, ringlerassociates.com, ringlerradio.com, or thelegaltalknetwork.com, or in iTunes, where you can uh, download and listen at your leisure. And uh, enjoy this show like we had today with Dan Chamberlain. It's uh, terrific. So uh, with that, I'll say thanks for listening, everyone out there. And, Dan, again, thanks for being a great guest. Thank you. I appreciate it. And the rest of you out there should go out and just have a great day. Bye-bye. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. With over a million listeners, Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today. Today.